You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Thanks for joining us again. This is Gene Marks here with the Small Biz Ahead podcast from the Hartford. I am without my colleague, John Adaconis, today, who is AWOL. He's either lying on a beach or serving tuna fish sandwiches in some restaurant somewhere because we all know how much he likes the restaurant business. Uh, but I do miss him and I wish he was here for this conversation. But um, we're going to have a good conversation anyway uh, because I have a guest on who I've known for a number of years and who I've followed who I've written about his company, particularly uh, his company's Small Biz Lending Index. It's Rohit Aurora. Rohit is the CEO and co-founder of Biz2Credit. That's B-I-Z, the number two credit. So Rohit, first of all, uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm glad that you are here. You have been in the small business space for a long, long time. Um, Your company, Biz2Credit, does what? Tell us a little bit about it. You know, best to credit me and my brother, we founded the company in 2007, 2008 time period in New York uh, uh, with an aim to, you know, help small businesses get access to credit. Uh, so we were there in what used to be pre-fintech era. And, and the aim always was to create a very transparent way for businesses to get access to credit and also not just see the options, but being able to fulfill those options. So over the years, we have now done close to eight to nine billion dollar of lending. We have over two hundred thousand customers. We have like six fifty seven hundred employees in the company, and we have seen the whole life cycle of uh, you know uh, when we started the company, we saw the great recession coming in to the COVID crisis, and now we're in a post COVID crisis. So we have seen a lot of different you know business cycles. We have experienced that with hundreds of thousands of small business customers across the country across different industries, age groups, uh, and also different sizes. So it has been a very, I would say, eventful journey over the last 14, 15 years. Yeah, it is amazing. And like I said, in the small business space, you guys are, are very well known. Um, when you say that you 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 offer you know, the financing, so is that your company itself? Like, will I borrow money directly from Biz2 Credit or are you more of an intermediary? Yeah, so I, so our model is actually very interesting. So we are a marketplace where what we have done is that instead of typically what marketplaces do is that they will generate a, a customer request and then they will shop it around and then you know they let other people fulfill that. So what we did over the years, what we realized was that you know generating the request for credit is in the easier part. It's more challenging to fulfill that. So we actually built a full fulfillment platform where we have you know a lot of uh, yeah, I would say lenders or, or and or investor groups that includes banks that includes insurance companies that includes uh, credit funds and other folks and based on the risk rated you know appetite we actually build portfolios we manage that we do all the servicing all the collections all the renewals everything end to end through our own digital platforms so so as a customer you don't feel the pain about you know who's from where are you going to get the best credit option because we are curating it, we are actually constantly looking at it and we have our own scorecards, risk-rated scorecards that is used by all the lenders. So so the benefit of that to a borrower is that while they get the best options available out there, they don't have to go and individually shop it around. And then they also get things in a very time-bound fashion. So listen, I do want to get into our main topic, which is inflation and interest and and you know your outlook here. But before we even jump into that, you just mentioned, you know, you're, you're talking about what Biz2Credit does. 
Um, I'm dealing directly with you. You're going to find me the best source of financing. Um, you will be my, you know, my relationship when it comes to yes. um, the lender, which is great. Um, just, you know, you know, before we leave that, like, what does that cost? Like, th- does the business pay extra for this to you? Or is this something that, you know, the, you know banks pay you for this, you know, for this service? Yeah. Or yeah. So for small business owners, they don't pay us anything except for the interest payments that they have to make on, sure. on the borrowed money. Uh, and that interest is typically risk rated. So, so we have, you know, products which are very close to bank bank lending, you know, rates. Uh, mm. Now I think they're almost matching it with Fed increasing the interest rates to some of the products which are, I would say, in mid-teens kind of stuff to high teens, you know, kind of stuff. So, so depending on your risk, depending on your industry, depending on where you are, you know, in the in the whole risk bottom pole. And then we also have factor products, which are actually non-interest products, you know, where so like we give them options of either taking a term loan or a what we call a future receivable, you know, depending on their need, depending on their credit profile. And also, you know, uh, and also depending on how much documentation that they can provide. Uh, So based on that, you know, those products are available to them. And the good thing there is that, you know, for them to use the platform, we have something known as a virtual CFO platform within that where they can go and benchmark their business. They can see all the all the different things happening, you know, how they measuring against other businesses, you know, what kind of other fees they are paying to other service providers. Now, all that is totally free for them. So they don't have to go and you know, spend any money to use these kind of platforms out there. Well, listen, you deal with so many small businesses. So you've got a good outlook on on really the sentiment and the feeling of small businesses. At the end of March, and we're having this conversation in the middle of May, um, you wrote you know a column for Forbes. You write regularly for Forbes, a very popular column on small business strategy. Uh, and this column focused on how inflation and interest rate hikes hurt small business. Uh, yeah. Obviously, rising prices, supply chain issues, um, increases of interest. These these have a, a huge impact on you know businesses' ability to manage their costs, to price, to quote to their customers, uh, to control their overheads, uh, and to get financing as well. So we know that inflation and interest rate hikes really do you know do have that impact on small business. Now, just this week, you know, Rohit, as as we're just actually today, and again, just. I'm giving this so I know this won't be published for a couple of weeks, but in the middle of May, the National Federation of Independent Businesses uh, released you know, their, their sentiment survey. They do this every month. And uh, they said that small businesses outlook, uh, you know, their expectations are at a 48-year low. So not, not great. And I wanted just to get your comments on how you see right now the small business environment as both inflation and prospective interest rate pressures are, are really starting to have their impact. Yeah, so in terms of inflation, you know, I've been saying that from almost January onwards that, you know, things mm-hmm. are going from bad to worse. When we have seen that in our data, you know, we do these town halls uh, once a quarter. And the last one we did was, uh, actually the one we did was recently in May, but prior to that, we did one in early March. And we ran a poll among, you know, business owners who come, uh, because we will typically invite a, either a senator, a U.S. senator, or a Congress you know, person in that. The business owners have been reporting inflation as one of their major worries for the last six months. And the way the data has gone, you know, it has really deteriorated over the last two months, especially after the Russia-Ukraine war started. So, so I would say this is a bad situation right now. We are going to see the next CPI report coming uh, tomorrow. 
we foresee another six to 12 months of high inflation. Now that clearly means that for Federal Reserve to uh, or to try to control that inflation, they will have to increase the interest rates. That clearly means that most of the small business loans, including the SBA loans, are floating rate loans. So that means that every time Fed increases the interest rate, you know their interest burden on existing loans are also going to go up quite a bit. So obviously, I would say right now, what the uh, the number one worry for small businesses, and we did the poll the other day, almost 75-80% of the businesses said their number one worry is inflation. Yeah. And number two worry is that lack of uh, people, you know, uh, right. that they can employ, even if they want to pay top dollar salaries in their world. So I think uh, inflation is going to be there quite a, for, for quite some time. I think higher interest rates are also going to hit uh, small businesses. Uh, right now, the good news is Main Street economy is still doing pretty well. So, so it's pretty decoupled from stock market and, and other things. My only worry is that as the Fed starts doing the co- the quantitative tightening from June 1st, you know, we could have some unintended consequences of that happening over the next uh, three to four months where liquidity can tighten up. And, yeah. and if that happens, then, you know, uh, access to credit for small businesses will become more expensive and, and will also tighten. Fed Chairman Powell had said that, and at the Fed Open Market Committee recently, that rates are going to go up about a half a basis point. You know, a lot of people feel like that's just not enough, that, that you know, you know, steeper interest rate increases are going to be needed to, as you spoke to, to head off the effects of some of the pullback from this quantitative easing, to head off, you know, all the liquidity, the extra cash that's floating around in the system that uh, is is putting pressure, inflationary pressure, you know, on the economy. Do you think that the Fed will be increasing interest rates more? Are you foreseeing that in the next year? See, my take on that is that two or three things are going to happen. One is Fed will be forced to increase uh, increase the interest rates more than what they have been projecting right, right now. Obviously, right. with increase in the interest rate and the quantitative tightening, you know, the demand is going to go down. Uh, that clearly means inflation will start coming down, which is good news. But that also means that the economy can actually go into a recession, sure. actually. And that is not a good news for most of these small businesses, because once the economy goes into a recession, then then we have seen that it takes anywhere from nine to 12 months for the economy to start coming out of it. So that's my worry. And the second thing is this time is very different because we have three big things happening together. We have a macroeconomic crisis because of all this excess money and supply chain issues. We have a geopolitical situation, which is extremely unstable right now. That mm-hmm. means that oil prices and other commodity prices, including food prices, will remain elevated for quite some time. And then we have a health crisis, which is still ongoing. So I think that that's a very rare combination because if you see the last time it happened, you know there was World War One, which was geopolitical crisis. But then once it ended, we had Spanish flu, and then after that we had ten years of gap before we had the Great Depression. So I would say this time all three are culminating. Now that doesn't mean that we'll have a have a depression or anything like that, but but that also means that we will have a period of very slow growth. We'll have stagflation for some time. And unlike the crisis in 2001 and 2008, the Fed will not be able to do much because this time Fed is the one which is actually trying to cool the economy and uh, they, they, are, they will not be able to do any kind of quantitative easing easily. And for them to drop interest rates pretty quickly after they go up will be very tough. Until unless, yes, the inflation just drops 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, very significantly, which as of now looks tough to me. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, many economists, I mean, Larry Summers, you know, you know, ex Secretary of the Treasury under Clinton, sorry, under Obama, you know, he's the one that's saying it's not going to be a very soft landing at all. Um, and that, you know, the only way to really get out of this situation is for the Fed to raise rates more significantly than they're doing right now. And that'll have an impact on businesses all over. And it's funny too, because you mentioned recession, you know, a lot of the clients that I talk to are, you know, they're, they're definitely concerned about a slowdown in the economy later this year. I mean, like you had said, right now, Main Street's not doing so bad. And a lot of my clients, not so bad, but as they look ahead in their order books, uh, their backlogs, uh, and even their, you know, their customers they're talking to, uh, many of them are telling me that they're, they're seeing a softening in demand, a little bit of pullback, people getting a little concerned with pricing. Um, and, you know, it, it would not be a surprise to see a downturn, a recession, uh, coupled with, you know, interest rate increases later on in this year. And yet, Rohit, which is amazing to me, is that they're all still looking for people. They're, you, know, they, you know, these businesses are still looking to hire, even with, even knowing that these times are so challenging and volatile. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, why do you think that is? You'd think we'd be pulling back and not wanting to hire anymore, but I'm not seeing that among my clients. I don't know if you're seeing the same among your customers. I think I think there are two different uh, uh, forces uh, colliding with each other. One is obviously high inflation, but also there's a very high pent up demand, you know, right. out there. So, like if you see contractors, they are busier than ever because you know a lot of stuff hasn't happened in the last two years. Same with travel and tourism services and industries. Because what happened in US over the last two years and why inflation is also high is because a lot of that spending happened only in goods and not in services. Right. So as that moves away from a good spending to services spending, we'll, we'll still see a very strong demand for services, which is most of the U.S. small businesses are services oriented at the end of the day. Now, that's a good news. That also means that inflation will slow down a bit just because of the fact that the amount of demand for goods is going to go down. You know, actually. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good news. And that's what a lot of small businesses are anticipating. That's why they're looking to hire more people You know, right now. I think the challenge would be that if we have a mild recession, then actually that will that sounds counterintuitive, but that will be good for small business owners. Because what that's going to do is it's going to cool down the inflation. It's going to help them. And the biggest challenge in inflation today is wage inflation than anything yeah. else. So, yeah. so if that cools down, if we see more people coming back into job market, because right now job, job participation is 1.3% below what it was prior to the COVID crisis. So people still haven't come back into the job market. Uh, that also means that a lot of immigration that used to happen has stopped. So so that's also impacting uh, the search for workers. So I think that's going to happen. I think the good news is that small businesses are much healthier than what they were pre-COVID because they got like $1.3 trillion you know, in government money, which, is, which was mm-hmm. almost like grant kind of money. So in short term, they will be able to sustain it. But if this recession gets deep or very long, then that's a problem. I'll tell you another opportunity for them as well is, you know, if we do have a recession, even a mild recession, you you know that larger corporations that, you know, they take that as a first opportunity to lay employees off. And, yes. you know, and I talk about that with my clients and say, you know, if you've got the cash or the available cash or the financing, you know, you're complaining about getting good skilled workers. There might be some opportunities to snap some up if there is a recession and some of these, you know, get, you know, laid off from their from their current jobs at bigger employers and to just kind of keep your eyes open. 
you guys at, at Biz2Credit also do the, uh, the Biz2Credit Small Business Lending Index. Tell us a little bit about that. And I, and I do know that um, your, your most recent index was actually fairly positive, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, we have been doing it from 2011. And our aim always was that since we have so many different kind of lenders on our platform, that we can measure their approval rates. And, and we have seen an uptick in uh, lending approval rates. Over, like it, it really fell down during COVID and then PPP came along and then everything was like more towards PPP. But we have seen the uh, the approval rates have actually gone up, you know, uh, over last year. And they were actually getting better and better. And I think uh, the only risk that I see there is that if, uh, let's say the stock markets just fall too quickly or if there's a too much of tightness in the bond market, especially bond market, then there is gonna be some tightness in access to credit for small businesses. Otherwise, I see that's still going to be very healthy stuff. We see, we are starting to see a lot of demand coming back for credit now because businesses need money to or to, or to sustain and grow. And we also see a lot of, you know, uh, lending institutions are keen to lend because they are getting a very good yield. You know, obviously, once the interest rates start going up even more, that can tighten the markets. Uh, sure. uh, but I still foresee that, you know, we will see a decent increase in our lending index numbers is until un, unless we are hit either by a deep recession or very massive tightness in the bond markets. How much of an impact on this do you think the real estate industry has? I mean, so many small businesses put up, you know, they're, they're asked for personal guarantees or to put up collateral. Uh, many of them, particularly the smallest ones, have to put up personal assets, homes or whatnot. And um, other businesses put up their own property that they own. The real estate market itself has been booming the past you know couple of years. Do you think that's had an impact on those loan approval rates because there's there's sort of more value in the collateral that's being offered? See, prior to 2008, HELOC lines and and seeing the value in the home was very uh, uh, was very important. I think what has changed now is that most of the lenders are still looking for a personal guarantee, but they don't really take into account the home values anymore. Because okay. what they have realized after 2008 is that, you know, a lot of this rise is pretty ephemeral in nature, you know, because prior to 2008, everybody used to believe that house prices only go one way. That was right. after right. 2008, people realized that home prices can also go down. But having said that, yes, if you if you have if you have an asset, which is a appreciating assets, then uh, what our data has shown is that as a business owner, you will keep doing well in your business. Because what we found after 2008 was the biggest drag for a lot of businesses was not their business. It was that they had, they had a lot of these real estate assets that were went uh, below or underwater. And mm. then for them, to even pay the mortgages on that became very tough. And then that got them into a lot of trouble. So obviously it has an impact, but from a lending models and lending aspect, you know, the value of the home or the equity in the home and the value of that has now been pretty much discounted because people have realized that, well, that's a viable asset, but that doesn't really count in case there is a you know default or there's a slow pay, payment out there. That is a really interesting take. Okay, thank you. So listen, we've talked about inflation, we've talked about recession, we've talked about rising interest rates. It's definitely going to be a challenging year, um, at least a year uh, for running yes. a business. Not like not like businesses haven't been through this before. I mean, since the time of Cleopatra, uh, businesses have dealt with inflation uh, and supply chain issues in their own ways. Um, so you know, people will navigate their way through this. And I, I am I'm curious to hear what, what 
what advice you might have, Rohit? I mean, you have so many customers that are going through this right now. You know, if you were running a business, a small business, not biz to credit, which is not a small business, what would you be doing in 2022 to navigate your way through this year of just higher prices and higher interest? Like what, what, what kind of advice would you give for somebody like me who's running a business? So I think the biggest advice is that where small business make the biggest mistake is that uh, they just get uh, into a habit of having very high fixed costs. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very important. You need to analyze your fixed costs. You need to reduce them. You know, let's say you are signing a new lease right now or your lease is up. Uh, you know, commercial real estate is still pretty weak. So, you know, find a place, you know, a lot of big companies are laying of people or they are, you know, as the stock price goes down, they are subletting their offices. They're doing a lot of other things. So you have to think about that. Think about your hard cost. Think about your hardware cost. Think about your things that you can get out, out of in case of a recession, you know. So I think that's very important. You can have higher variable cost, but low fixed cost. I think that's very important, you know, point number one. Point number two, as any small business, you know, in the post-COVID world, you know, uh, whether you are a retail business, you are a consumer-facing business, you are a services business, you are any other business, you know, have a, have, have a very strong digital presence because that's going to help you immensely, you know, during a downturn because it's less expensive to have a very strong digital presence and it's also less expensive if you can actually distribute your product or services online because then world is your market, you know, so that's very important aspect. I think the third thing also is that when you're hiring people right now, again, it's it's again a question of fixed cost versus variable cost. So sometimes it's better to give them, you know, joining in bonus or what we call hot skill bonuses than giving them very high fixed salaries because it's very tough mm-hmm. to, you know, reduce that. Then just give them one-time bonuses, you know, which is like still a variable cost. So I think those are some of the things that people need to figure it out. And, and, then, and then I think the fourth thing is that any small business needs to understand that they should have at least 12 to 18 months of cash reserves at any given point of time. Uh, because that's important. Because if a downturn comes in and you are running low on cash, then it's very tough. So if you don't have a relationship with a lender, build one right now. You know, uh, you know, if you haven't filed your tax returns for uh, for 2021 and your financial year is the calendar year, just do that. Get all your paperwork ready. Have some kind of a credit relationship with some lender somehow. You know, during times when things are still good. Because it will really help you when things get bad because you will have a prior history with them and also be very good with your business credit history. Because a lot of people are very aware about their personal credit scores and their personal credit histories, but they're not good about their you know business credit history. So I think that's important, you know, that you know, ensure that you have enough money in your account, you don't do a lot of you know non-sufficient fund kind of issues, you know, you you balance your books really well between account payables and account receivables, you know, uh, you have NF cash, you go and collect your money, you go and uh, negotiate some very good deals with your, you know, suppliers. So I think those are the things that you have to do and you have to prepare now. You yeah. cannot start preparing when there is a slowdown coming. Because slowdown is coming, that's for sure. Whether yeah. it leads to a recession or not, nobody knows. But slowdown is coming, money is going to get expensive, demand is going to go down. Those are just like, Extremely, like you know, almost hundred percent sure. And even if that doesn't happen, if you're if you're prepared for the worst, you'll get the best outcome out of it. A lot of people, a lot of business owners, you know, they are taught all the time or all this 
first of all, you need to be optimistic, which is great. But optimistic doesn't mean that you don't prepare for the worst, because that's very important that during these times, all hands on the deck. So you have to really focus on your business. That's the other thing. You know, you can't be callous about your own business. You have to cut your costs. You have to be lean and mean, and you need to just ensure that, you know, you're preparing. You know, you, you know that if I have to, as a business owner, you know, see a dip in my revenues for six months, then I will be able to survive and have a very honest and upfront conversation with your employees also about these things. Yeah. You know, what makes me laugh is that every point that you are bringing up, you know, about being tough with your cash, managing your overhead, reducing your fixed costs, uh, you know, tying, you know, your, your, you know, compensation to performance, having 18 months of available cash, uh, having those conversations with your employees. It, it like it doesn't take a recession to do that, right? I mean, we should be doing that all the time, you know? It's like, you know, it's like, it reminds us of what we need to do, but it's always like, you know, this should be your common practice for running a business. And you are right. Um, you know, I'm sure you meet a lot of business owners that are romanticists or, you know, optimists. Um, my best clients, they know math really well, and they know how to buy something for a buck and sell it for three, even in a slowdown of economy. And so it is, uh, uh, those are really good lessons to remember. Rohit Aurora is the CEO and co-founder of Biz2Credit. Rohit, I want to thank you so much for joining. I've learned a lot from this conversation, and um, I hope our audience will walk away with some really good advice on dealing with uh, the slowdown this year. Yeah, and thank you for your time. Thanks, Rohit. My name is Gene Marks. You've been listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast from the Hartford. If you'd like any advice or tips or help in running your business, please visit us at smallbizahead.com or sba.thehartford.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back with another episode real soon. Take care. 